0: Hello everyone! The clip you're about to hear is from one of our exclusive Patreon episodes, and just like all of our other episodes, it might include major spoilers, so don't listen to it if you haven't already seen it. You've officially been warned. And if you'd like to hear the full episode, just head on over to patreon.com slash horrorqueers and subscribe today. Without further ado, here is your exclusive Patreon clip. Quite like this. It is not top tier Del Toro, but I will say that after hearing about all these troubles and like what Del Toro wanted this movie to be versus what it is, I think I'm a little bit more lenient with it. Okay, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, as we said off the top, I didn't really know that there were issues with this. Like I was not paying attention to trades or looking for gossip back in 97. So I just remember thinking, oh, this looks fun. And then feeling, yeah, just a bit underwhelmed when I went to see it. But hearing that there were issues, it's not surprising because a you know, upon reflection, you look at the film and you think, there's just some choppy stuff going on here. So it's not surprising to learn, oh yeah, there were cooks in the kitchen.
0: Well, there were a lot of cooks in the kitchen. In fact, one of the big problems, outside of just the issues that Del Toro was having with quote-unquote the producers, which I take mm. to mean Bob Weinstein. Um, <laughs> yes. All of, like, there were, this movie was a rotating door of producers. Like, on top of Weinstein, they've had other people come in from, from, from inception to final product, and They would come in, get frustrated, leave. Come in, get frustrated, leave. Come in, get frustrated, leave. And so Del Toro actually went into a depression while making this movie because every day was a constant battle with almost no one in his field except for Mira Sorvino. I mean, honestly, the fact
1: that he continued to make... Major motion films, but also English language films. Because, of course, folks, this is his first in English. Like, the experience sounds so negative. I'm surprised that he didn't just turn tail and say, you know what? No, I'm just going to stop doing the Hollywood shit because clearly it's a fucking production.
0: It is wild. And again, if you watch that commentary, I'll repeat some of his quotes here, but like, he's such a humble, Man, oh, he's so genuine and delightful, so one of the big quotes I took from it, he says, "Every battle I lost to the studio, I lost not as a victim, but as the guy that compromised in order to strategically get other stuff that I wanted in. Right. uh so I don't like the things that are missing from this. You know, I only have myself to blame because the truth of the matter is I could i I had to pick my battles. I could have fought yeah. for certain things. So at right. the end of the day, this is all my decision because of something else, but I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, it's it, it's the producer's fault that this is the way it is."
1: I mean, but yeah, if he had had his way, if he had been allowed to direct his creative vision, then it would have been there. So I think he is being very humble oh, and yeah. just very maybe chill. Maybe time has allowed him some introspection
0: about this. But like, I don't know. It sounds like his movie got fucked with. Well, and here's the thing, though. So, you know, when you hear about production woes, you're like, OK, so like during filming, that's when all these problems started. Um The problem here started from like the get go, from the script. This (laughs) even better, (laughs) and he kind of sums it up where it's like, Look, like ultimately, I lost all the battles with the screenplay for this movie, and so the battles that I won were the artistic visual choices. Like, this Mm -hmm. is the movie that looks like how I wanted it to look, it is not (sighs) the story that I wanted to tell.